this is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Okay, well, thank you for participating in my little investigation, Valerie. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're welcome, Valerie. And it's pretty weird to be saying your your name and my name at the same time. Yeah. And do you go by Val or Valerie? I always kind of say both. What do you say? You know, I prefer Valerie because I just like how it sounds. But if someone was to call me Val, I wouldn't correct them. Yeah. (laughs) That's for sure. So I'll just kind of tell you a bit about um, the reason why I'm doing this is for all of us, Valerie's out there and who you are and why is there so few of us. I never come in contact with Valerie's in my day to day world, business or personal compared to like Jennifer's and Michelle's or, you know, Jamie's of the world. And wondering like how we're connected. Like, is there something that the thread that connects us all together? Are we personally or professionally driven in the same fashion? I'm a wear my heart on the sleeve kind of person. And I want these interviews to be intimate and real and to really kind of connect, even though we're strangers, there's something about us that's the same. Mm -hmm. I'm sure of it. So, yeah, so I kind of just reached out to uh, a bunch of Valerie's out there and I've had a pretty overwhelming response to my little investigation. (laughs) So, yeah, that's kind of what was that was my goal. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking about that, like how noticing how on Gmail getting the, the emails back and forth. It's like Valerie, Valerie, Valerie. And I was like, wow, it's. I mean, considering how long I've had a Gmail account and I don't think, I mean, I'm sure it's happened at one point over all the years, but it's just so rare. And then it made me think about how weird it must be for people with super common names to have that happen all the time. (laughs) Well, exactly. And even so, same as you, when I was emailing out the Valerie's. And I'm getting all these responses back. I, it's almost like I have to put Valerie M and Valerie R and Valerie K just to yeah. kind of keep my head wrapped around it. Like I'm not talking to a mirror. You have an inbox <laughs> full of Valeries right now. <laughs> I have so many Valeries, so it's been very fun. How's the weather down in Nashville today? It's actually beautiful. We've had kind of a a lot of rain like I think a lot of the country has over the past couple months and it's been very slow to warm up so today it hit like 70s and it was lovely oh outside. that's fabulous we're kind of on the warming side as well we're just barely coming into spring and sunny and all our snow is melting yeah. and it's pretty fantastic I must agree with you so uh, where did your name come from? Were you named after somebody or do you know the history of your name? Um, just a little bit. So apparently my dad, who is the oldest of four uh, siblings, when his youngest sibling was born, they were, th- I don't know, thinking, hoping it was going to be a girl. And he was like, I want to name 
this baby, Valerie Kay. And I, I need to ask him again because I don't know that there was any particular place that came mm. from for him. He just really liked it, I think. And so it ended up not being a girl. So then when my parents um, had me, I got to be Valerie Kay. Oh, that's fantastic. And what does the K stand for? It's K-A-Y. Oh, K-A-Y. Mm-hmm. I was wondering with your handle on Skype. Yeah. Like, and oh, my, my maiden name uh, is Kusler, also a K. So I'm Valerie K, meaning my middle name or my last initial. Oh, that's yeah. so nice and handy. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Yep. And so you go by Valerie, but uh, yeah, are you both. okay if people call you Val? Yeah, you're mm-hmm. fine with that. And I was like doing some research on you and I find it fascinating your background in psychology specifically to do with food. Yep. And so are you like passionate about the puzzles and trying to figure out how to heal people? Is it food that you're passionate about? And then as a result, you heal people or can you tell me a bit about that sure so I think like a lot of people who end up working in the mental health field I got here by virtue of my own journey and so I had an eating disorder in my teens um, up to early 20s and uh, through my own healing experience with that I was I was very passionate about uh, feeling like if I can have my life back and if I can have more freedom around my body, my relationship with my body and food than most women I know who've never had an eating disorder, uh, then I want to be part of the solution and I want to help other people find that. So that's sort of what brought me back into graduate school and then into uh, working in residential treatment and then in my private practice. But in the past year or so, I've sort of, I'm still working some with eating disorders, but I'm sort of moving a little bit um, to working with folks who are a little bit uh, further along in their journey of recovery and working with more kind of spiritual issues. And that's been really a fun kind of evolution that's just sort of paralleling my own path. I saw that. So more on the coaching side. So they've kind of, they're on the other side of the recovery and it's not an obsession or an addiction or a harming right. kind of level. Yeah, well, and I'm not even so much looking to do coaching with folks who are in recovery. Um, Maybe occasionally, rarely I do that. But um, just issues that are not at all to do with food. I mean, to be completely honest, it's just really, it's one thing to work with this illness Mm, in a residential treatment team kind of setting where you're not on your own and people are already getting you know, the level of care that they need. It's really hard when you're a solo practitioner and you're working with someone who really needs that higher level of care but can't for whatever variety of reasons or won't. And so it's pretty exhausting. I'm sure it would be because it's a long process to figure out why they're in the position that they're in to begin with. Never mind the the addiction. Right. Or I mean, and some of my of. absolute favorite oh, clients to work with have been eating disorder clients. So it's nothing against like, oh, I'm just so sick of this. But it's it's just it is the evolution of kind of my own journey, what I'm interested in clinically, and 
Um, so even though I'm sort of shifting away from it professionally in the one-on-one -on -one work that I do, I'm still very much a an advocate for like the health at every size movement and intuitive eating and all of that. Hmm. We recently in my family went through a bit of a change regarding food. Um, a few years ago, my husband had open heart surgery. And at that point, we decided to do something radical and and really change our eating. I grew up with a, a dad who was a chef. And so food in my house was always very well prepared mm -hmm. and healthy. We never ate out much. And mm -hmm. kind of when I got married, we decided to just do convenience and eat out. And we really changed our ways and not for the better. And so recently we decided to like mm -hmm. be radical and stop cooking meat at home and not, and my husband doesn't eat meat at all now. And just honing in on good quality food and good quality groceries and really kind of just being at home more as well. So it was the whole lifestyle part of it and yeah. getting back to our roots. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, just about two and a half years ago, I... Uh, Pretty much overnight, after many years of sort of back and forth, uh, I went vegan. Wow. And my husband did too, which and sort of surprised me because, I mean, he loved meat and like a good steak and whatever, like the next guy. But for we sort of like watched all the documentaries we'd been avoiding. And so for me, for him, I think it started off as the environmental thing. And for me, it's like I care about that, but it's really the animals. And so it's challenging being vegan in a field where that's assumed to be disordered and I understand why there can be that perception because there are people who might call themselves vegan who are very you know food judgy and saying well, this is clean and this mm -hmm. is not clean and all of that stuff so I'm I'm an advocate for um anti-diet veganism for ethical Well, reasons. and I think it has to be on you. Like my husband did it because he needed something radical to change his yeah. eating habits. And growing up in the house that he grew up with, food was a must. Like you had to eat what was put on your plate and, you know, your mom cooked mm -hmm. this and that kind of a stigma around the food part and for me, it was really healthy food. And my dad was a great cook. It wasn't like comfort food. It was balanced meals and it had a really healthy kind of environment. Then we got married and, you know, yeah. our lifestyles together became what it was for many years. And, you know, I watched all those shows, Two Knives Over Forks and, you know, Crazy Diets and I never had to diet. I was lucky, I guess, but I never had food. It never was an issue for me. And mm -hmm. I don't know. Now I kind of reflect, like, I still eat meat once in a while. But at home, we mostly pescatarian or vegetarian and mostly raw as well. And so nice. growing up or living in this province where we are all about Alberta beef... And our mm -hmm. cattle, like where you are, it's a big thing. Like where you go to eat meals is, I mean, yes, it's becoming more and more common to have a vegetarian burger or vegetarian options, but 
it still is not widely acceptable and yeah exactly and it's not convenient either in a lot of places but yeah good on you guys especially for your husband too because men are definitely a little more set in their ways (laughs) when it comes to eating meat so I don't know how long you've been married it's none of my business but are you um a homebody are you like to be at home like what's something that's your favorite thing I was reading you like a good book and it might be about mental health but you like to yeah I love I love to be at home um I because there's just so many projects that I'm always getting myself into and um, with kind of building different websites and new ideas for businesses and reading books, fiction, nonfiction, business, self-help, going for walks. Um, so I like, I sort of am an outgoing introvert. Mm. So I like to be around people, love a good house party, love going out to dinner, but I need a lot of time kind of in my zone by myself. Okay. So that's very similar to me. I'm, I love to visit with cool. people and, and same as you, be a good house party or entertain people in my home. But yeah, I'm quite contained and comfortable with just being with myself, reading a good book, mm-hmm. snuggling up to a good good movie or gardening. Like you kind of like refer to your hobbies. Are you crafty? Oh, I don't have a crafty bone okay. in my body. interesting. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I I would I have been a reluctantly interested person in mm-hmm. gardening. I think it, the reluctance is more about my own sort of insecurity and fear that I understand literally nothing, and so anything that I try, I have to like, I have to start from the very beginning, um, and I and that feels very daunting to do. So we've we've done a little bit over the years, but it's sort of like I'll help plant things and I'm like, oh I did a great job. I'm done. And then I just don't do anything with it the rest of the season and then, then they die and <laughs> then we do it all over again. So I'm hopefully we're getting to that time of needing to plant some things and I'm like, okay, I really want to do better this year. I want to learn and actually because I love the outdoors. Mm-hmm. I told you I'm actually obsessed mm-hmm. with cars. I know. I thought that was um, such a riot. <laughs> we actually, my husband and I have a, a band. We It's a very like hobby part-time mm-hmm. thing, but he drums and I write uh, and sing and a couple of our buddies play with us. So we just changed names recently. We're now called Conventional Wisdom, but we previously, our name was Moss Moss, M-A-S like Spanish for more and then M-O-S-S because why everyone should want oh more moss. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> I love yep. that. Um, and so what kind of band is it? Like a rock band? Yep. Yeah. Kind of like 90s inspired rock. Oh, right. I have like tons of musicians in my family. My uncles play. My dad plays. My stepmom plays. My sisters. They're always jamming and playing music. Some of it's their own and some of it's, you know, just cover albums or cover bands. So we're always, we're always around musicians. I love that. Yeah. Um, tell me something about your travel. So did you always live in Tennessee or have you moved around in life? 
I've only moved around a little. So I moved here about seven and a half years ago from Texas. So moved from one cattle country to no another. Kidding. So you know, I know what you're yes. saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, I love Nashville and it's also very similar to Austin where I came from. Oh, okay, yeah, Austin. And mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, as far as like travel travel, I I actually I mean been to a fair number of places in the US. And I have never been to Canada, though funny enough, I'm going later this week for the first time, but I'm going to the other side of the country near um, Kingston. Oh, wow. Um, and Ontario. Yeah. So, oh, what's yeah. bringing and, you there? Uh, I am doing a year long training program in eco psychology with a guy who is based out there and has kind of a nature center out there. So this will be my first of four weekends throughout the year to travel up there and learn with a, another a group of uh, psychotherapists who are interested in eco-psychology. Oh, that sounds crazy cool. Yeah, I'm excited. So when are you, when's your first trip? Uh, this Friday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, I guess that's in two days. I better start packing. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Are you packed? Do you pack yeah. at the last minute or are you like a prepared ahead of time? Oh, definitely the last minute, though. If I have to wake up super early, I will at least do it the night before because I am not a morning person. OK, I am. I have I'm going away this weekend as well. And I packed last weekend. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That's amazing. And my, and my girlfriend <laughs> that I'm going away with, she's like, I said, are you packed already? She's like, no, I'm going to pack on Wednesday night and we leave tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I packed I <laughs> yep. packed on Saturday. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. Because I never know, like, I have a seven-year-old daughter, and I'm married, and so I'm a project manager, so my life can be very busy, end up on a job site at the last minute, or, you know, my daughter could be sick, or something at school, or whatever, so I like to be prepared. I like to be ahead, ahead of things planned. (laughs) Yes, that's I aspire to that. Oh, that's very <laughs> sweet. But hey, if it works for you and you're great at last minute, then all the power to you. Right. I'm not that um, a liberal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so would you say you are extravagant or frugal? Oh, wow. Uh, I probably fall fairly in the middle. Mm. And I think that I... I like to, at least I like to think of myself as someone who like really invests in the things that I really care about or that are just, I know are going to add a lot of value to my life. Oh, I love that. Um, And then, yeah. And then the other things I'm kind of like, oh, whatever, I'll get that for like, you know, $5 at Target or whatever. So So yeah, it sort of just depends on on what it is. Like more on a purpose. It's got to be purposeful or got some value to it and probably too with a bit of your background you're probably not very um like spontaneous with shopping you'd have to have more of a need or a right an Uh, impact well it's interesting hmm. because um I kind of sometimes joke that my my food stuff uh got better and it it changed into money stuff so I definitely have had my periods of time where 
I think that part of the issue is I've never really been extravagant so much as I can buy a lot of things Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that add up. Um, And then also I just love learning. So it's like if I buy an online course or I want to travel to a training and I'm the one paying for all that stuff. So um, that kind of thing adds up. But yeah, it's sort of like I'm not necessarily impulsive, but I'm not always... Um, necessarily making the long-term wise decision. Okay, yeah, I like that wording too, impulsive. I'm definitely not impulsive when it comes to shopping, but like you, if I don't really need it, then maybe I won't spend the money on it. I don't know. Yeah. Bit of both maybe, hey? Yeah, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. I'm literally looking at my bookcase right now, and one of the books on it that is still haven't read, it's on my list, is called To Buy or Not to Buy. Oh, that sounds like a good book. Yeah. It must be re- referring to, do you need something, or do you just want it to fill a void for something else? Right, it's talking about like compulsive shopping and spending, and like what's underneath it, and, and the history of consumerism, and all of that kind mm-hmm, of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was looking at your background when you phoned me on video and I saw your giant bookcase. It's <laughs> yeah, giant. Several in here. Um, yep. What would be your favorite book in there? Fiction or nonfiction? Oh my gosh. One that book you could recommend. That would be a really hard one. I'm kind of glancing. Well, okay. One of my favorites. I don't know that I could just say a one favorite. Right. But one of my favorites is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh. I think yeah. she was just on it's, TED Talk. She I she may have a new one. I mean, she has actually this book Big Magic is on creativity, so it's one of her nonfiction okay. books. And it came out in maybe 2015. And she has a TED Talk from a while back, maybe like 2010 on the topic of creativity, but I imagine she's probably done another one. Cuz she's eat pray love, right? Too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so some of her stuff is fiction, some is nonfiction. Right. And that whole TED talk from like 2010 on creativity t- talks about how she's like became known as that lady who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And while that's not a bad thing, um, she kind of talked about like the pressure that creative people are under when it sort of feels like, oh, what what if I've peaked at oh my you know, God. 40 in my career and everything I do is perceived as the thing that came after Eat, Pray, Love. Exactly. And this TED Talk now, I would have to look it up and I'll send you the link, but it talked about the book she wrote before that and the woman who she became like kindred spirits with. And it was about cool. the same the same topic of the same book that they both wrote and started independently. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. She mentions so that in good. Big Magic, I think, but I'll have to watch the talk. Oh yeah. I'll send it to you. I'll send you the link. It's so good. So funny that you mentioned cool. her because I just listened to this like, I don't know, a month ago or something like relatively nice. current. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Eat, Pray, Love. So for me, a good book would be Daughter of Fortune. And it's by a writer called Isabel Allende. Okay, yeah. Have you heard of her? And she doesn't write many books in English. She's Portuguese. Mm -hmm. Anyways, the book is fantastic. You like live through the life of this girl who pretends she's a boy, so she can continue to live and and search for gold. And her life, oh my, it's a very, very good book. Good, good hardcover and just a 
good book to have kind of as your fairy tale life maybe you know when you live yeah. through a book um okay i have another question for you if you could set up a huge sign anywhere where would you put it and what would it say oh my gosh hmm where would i put it and what would it say like do you ever want to shout at the top of a hill and say what to the world yeah i mean a simple message i think would be just be kind oh my god yeah and you know i almost think it doesn't even matter where you put it because it's it's relevant anywhere so just put it where a bunch of people are going to see it (laughs) just be kind i always say that to my daughter just be kind you never know what people are going through right and then what's your what's the effing point podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i started that last year okay and I, because I was thinking, like, I want to do a podcast, and I'd sort of done a little mini podcast venture with a friend where we talked about more wellness-related stuff, and I was like, well, it's, you know, I might talk about some of that, but also I want to zoom out to the really big questions, to, like, the existential stuff, but also be able to do it in a way where we can have levity and laugh at ourselves and ask questions that we don't have to worry about if they're stupid questions and sort of that intersection I say of like psychology, human behavior, philosophy, and spirituality. So uh, some of them are solo episodes uh, with me kind of sharing about a particular topic and some, a lot of them are interviews with different people, um, fair number of other therapists uh, and yoga teachers, but people kind of all across the map. And I'm still sort of growing and nurturing it. We've, I've got, um, I think, 31 episodes so far, but I'm really excited to kind of dive deeper with that um, through the rest of 2019. Hmm. And so what, what's your goal just to promote well-being promote kindness is it to kind of air some of these stupid questions that are out there and just be more human yeah I mean I think it's to come together and connect on like really deep the deep aspects of what it means to be human Uh, but that that doesn't have to be mutually exclusive with like laughing and sharing memes and all of that kind of stuff. I sort of, I don't know if you've, yeah, like it's, we can sort of be in multiple layers. And so it's like, I think sometimes people think about like, oh, well, if we're going to talk about like philosophical things or existential things, like that's, that's for a more serious setting or, or we can't talk about those deeper issues on a wellness podcast because we're talking about self-care and Ayurveda and all these things. But so I really want it to be an an area where those things can intersect. Mm. So I sort of think of it as like, I mean, not always, but almost like an irreverent on being or there, there are some other shows like Pete Holmes, You Made It Weird. He's a comedian and writer guy and uh, really look up to his, his style of um, podcast, even though his go for like two plus hours sometimes. And I usually cap out around 45 minutes or an hour. Yeah, two and a half hours is a little long. 
But yeah. you don't have to listen all in one segment either, I guess, hey? Right. How long? Yeah, hey, his wife is a Valerie. Oh, what? And he's always talking about her on the show. Her name's Valerie. Well, I guess, I don't. I can't remember if she took his last name, but her name was Valerie Cheney. But he always talks about her, and sometimes she's on it with him interviewing mm-hmm. people, and she's just lovely. Oh, interesting. And what's the name of his podcast? It's called You Made It Weird. Oh, You Made It Weird. Oh, that's a good name. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. wonder about the name of mine because you know how you second guess so as soon as you put it out there you're like oh was that totally. the right was that the right name yeah. so when i go to i was working on the the pretense of this valerie series and i'm writing it out and i'm like oh my valerie's variety podcast i always hear like a kazoo in the background uh-huh. like a circus act <laughs> but my yeah. husband's like you just have to own it like you didn't i didn't want to be kind of pigeonholed in you know, food reviews or, yeah. yeah. And so variety I liked and I liked how it played off the V of course in our name and, you know, having like, I don't know, but I still haven't really totally committed to the name. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm 40 some episodes in and I mean, I like the ring to it and I love my name. And so I think it'll eventually just be what it is. So you right. came up with well, your think, name, with your mm-hmm. podcast name, which which is quite out there. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned that because I like the name of mine, but also um, I, so I'm launching another website for coaching because I'm not really supposed to have it under the same umbrella as my therapy just to kind of protect my clinical license and make it clear to the board that I'm not like trying to confuse consumers and all that I jazz. understand yeah so I'm yeah so I'm creating a separate website and I really love the sort of brand around it it's um, called shine bright and it's uh, shinebrightwith.me. I saw that so it's sort of yeah it's sort of up sort of in progress but um, so I was like, oh, no, should I, like, rebrand the podcast to Shine Bright? And oh, I don't know. Oh, and so I decided so not to. I, I know. Yeah, it really is. But the beauty of the Internet is you can always change your mind. And even if it creates a little bit of work and a little bit of having to, like, educate people on the change, like, you still are allowed to change your mind at any point. You can and you will. And it's okay if you change your mind. I mean, yeah, it does create a bit of confusion. When I was doing the Valerie's Variety podcast, the VVP, mm-hmm. I was looking up like VVP on Instagram and online and V squared was the other one I was kind of like leaning towards. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of V squared out there, t-shirt shops yeah. and this and that. So I didn't really want to be, you know, associated or connected with that branch. Sure. Anyway, so I'm trying to own mine. I think you should just own yours. When I was going through like questions to ask the Valerie's, um, one of them is, do you swear? And so I'm looking at your, your website (laughs) and you have like a few cuss words surrounding your descriptions and I swear as well. And my daughter's laughing, mom, of course you swear. And, and I'm like, it's just me. It's just who I am. Like I like colorful descriptive words to get my point across. Yeah, I'm just like, wait, there are people who don't swear? <laughs> there, I know. it's. I don't come upon many of those, though, do you? Yeah, no, not really. And is there anything else you want to talk about, about your career or your podcast? Or you just have the one podcast, right? 
I do, I do. If you go back in my archives, you'll find those, like the first, at least as of now, I haven't chopped them off, uh, but the first 12 episodes before the 31 that I've done are my old one that was a collaboration. So there's some fun ones in there about the chakras. And so I may or may not keep those on there or redo them or whatever. But um, but yeah, so that's my only feed that you can find at what's the, when you search it, you have to do F star 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 ING. What's the effing point? Um, because, you know, iTunes understandably won't let you have a curse word in the title of your podcast. Right. But you can find it on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts and all of the other places. All the other usual platforms. Yep. Well, awesome. Well, Valerie, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. And if you know a Valerie yeah. that you should send my way, please do that. The more the merrier. <laughs> Will do. I am really excited to listen to this series. Hey, what's your favorite number? Uh, seven. Oh my god. My favorite number is 17. Nice. And when's your birthday? <laughs> March 6th. I'm a March birthday too. Oh, neat. Are you uh, an Aries? Uh, Pisces. Pisces. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, March 29th. So my birthday was cool. last week. Yeah. Oh, and you're March 6th. Well, happy belated. Yes. Thank you. And I guess that's all. Cool. Thanks so much for yeah, taking the time. You, uh, yeah. Will you send me a link when it's up in case I miss it? Valerie Martin is one of the first Valerie's I interviewed and will not forget. I just like her real down-to-earth character and her belief in helping people find the brightness within them. She's been on the other side of addiction and has truly learned from it. She's a vegan in a meat state, like Calgary but south of our border. While editing this episode, there was a few outstanding questions I needed some answers on. First, I pressed her about the origin of her name, but she forgot to ask her dad. It's so funny. When the episode is about your name, but it's the last thing that you talk about on a day-to-day basis, how often do you get questioned about these details? It's so hard to remember to ask. Second, when I first reached out to her, she had an immediate comment about being in love with Moss. So I asked her why. She said, it's stunningly beautiful and biologically incredible. The book Gathering Moss by Robin Well Kimmerer and even just this teaser, which she gave me a link from Brian Pickings, will blow your mind. So check that out. She was also on her first ever trip to Canada, like that weekend following our phone combo. So asked her about it year-long training in eco-psychology. So she's training with Andy Fisher and a small group of other therapist folks from related professions. I've now been twice, she says, and will have two more trips over the next few months. I haven't had a chance to see much else in Canada, 
But the Sumac Centre in Mountain Grove, Ontario, not far from Kingston, is a beautiful event space. And I'm learning so much, she goes on. That's really exciting to integrate into both my professional and personal life. I promised I'd share her a link to Melissa Gilbert TED Talk. This is a great episode to listen to. She's the eat, pray, love lady, but guess what? She did have other books. One was a serendipitous journey with another person. Great story. I highly recommend listening to this. Again, the link's on my site. And that's it. So I asked her to reach out to Valerie Cheney, Peter Cheney's wife from You Made It Weird. And she doesn't really know Peter. She just listens to his podcast. So I might get the gumption up to reach out to Valerie and see if she wants to be on the show under the Valerie series. If you know a Valerie, tell me about her. Or are you a Valerie? Please get in touch with me. I want to get to know you. We might drink wine together, red or white, or have tea. Do you like London fogs? Just hang out and become more acquainted. I've had so much interest in this right from early on, so thank you to all the Valeries. I cannot wait to continue the search. Thanks for hanging out and getting to know my new friend Valerie Martin, who has my name too. Leave me a rating on your podcast app. A comment would be amazing. And stay tuned, we have some exciting shows coming up. See you next Tuesday. My name is Valerie Martin, and I'm listening from Nashville, Tennessee.